You're listening to Real Chicks Rock Presents Real Discussions, and I'm your host, Michelle Dawes-Burke. Fasten your seatbelts as it's sure to be an informative discussion and conversation. Keep in mind that we are not perfect, but we're empowered. Enjoy. I am your host, Michelle Dawes-Burke, and as always, I'm super excited to be here. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood here in Atlanta, but I want to welcome all of the new listeners. Thank you so much for taking a little bit of time to spend with us today. Let me tell you what Real Chicks Rock is all about. It's all about creatively collaborating and connecting to raise awareness regarding issues that impact women, and we do it through community service, public speaking, our charity work. And we do it through the arts. We have been doing this particular platform. We are about to approach our eighth season next month in April. Super excited about that. I've had the blessed honor and opportunity to talk about people from politics to teachers to entertainers to singers. We've talked to anybody that we felt had something to say. And today is no different. I love talking to iconic people, people that love what they do and have been doing it for quite some time. I always want to give them a space and a place where they can share their story and their passion. And today is no different. Today's topic is we made it. And my guest today is DJ Rastaru. What a wonderful introduction. Hi. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, I'm so excited to have you. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you. The weather's great. Sun is shining. Yes. Yes. I'm happy to be here. Yes, yes, yes. And I see you about town and we're going to get about that. And and there's something about you. You're just a quiet storm. You're just a beautiful person. The energy you Mm. give to people, you're inside, you're outside. It just seems like people can embrace you, can Mm. embody you. And we're going to talk about that because that's not always the combination in a hip hop or in an entertainment type setting. So it's good to know that people are balanced and, Mm -hmm. and you got it. So let's take it from the top. Where are you from? Well, I'm born originally in Fort St. John, British Columbia, Mm -hmm. which is a small oil town um, on the Alaska highway in British Columbia. Um, my parents are from Trinidad Mm. and my father uh, migrated the family there for a job with, uh, an oil company. Wow. And so I was conceived in Trinidad. My sister was born in Trinidad, but I was born in Canada. Yeah. You, okay. So weather, very cold there. Super cold. Super cold. cold. Not a lot of uh, outside action or Uh, not a lot of outside action. I was actually the first black baby born in that town. Are so you serious? My mom's, and I was born with bronchitis. So I was in the oh. hospital for six weeks. And my mom said that when I was born, everybody in the hospital came to see this wow. black baby. So I find that to be interesting just based on my, my life path and yeah. the choices I've made. Of, yeah. You know, trying to be unique. And I think it was kind of born into me. You made uh, you made history coming out of your mom. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> everybody can't say that or do that. No, no, for sure. And then Fort St. John is also... On the American list of like terrorist watch list places because really? it's so close to Russia, which is crazy. Wow. Alaska than Russia. So I haven't been back since I was born, but I'd love to take a visit back yeah. to see you you know, where, where my beginning You should, you should. Let me, so let me ask you because Canadian, Trinidadian parents, right? There's that Caribbean essence, right? I would assume in the household. Sure. My my mom is Jamaican, so I, I get it, right? So it might be the cooking, the eating, the listening of music. What was the soundtrack like in your home growing up? I mean, it was a lot of, um, well, I grew up in different countries, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that's a very interesting question because a lot of times it was it was music that wasn't indigenous to Trinidad. It Understood. was disco music. Yes. It was pop from Europe. Mm-hmm. It was 
mm-hmm. Caribbean music. Mm-hmm. It was reggae. Mm-hmm. It was um, ska. Yeah. Um, alternative music. You know, I grew up on a lot of a broad, a broad spectrum of of music. Mm. Um, but mainly from my parents, it was probably like calypso. Okay. And you know, a little bit of soca. Okay. And then a lot of steel steel pan. Like mm-hmm. We listened to like steel pan church albums, gospel albums on Sundays. Awesome. And I still I still remember those, mm-hmm. you know, those mm-hmm. times. Did yeah. you gravitate to a particular genre of music as a kid? Um, I think before I heard rappers delight. Mm-hmm. No, I had no idea we could even make <laughs> stuff like that. I was heavy into like you know like a lot of the European yeah. bands and a lot of the. Um, the music that probably you wouldn't think, you know, mm-hmm. a black kid would listen to. Mm-hmm. But we were, we were, we absorbed all that. My sister mm-hmm. and I did. So. so was it more like the Kinks or the Stones or the Beatles when you say European bands, or was it more of an underground type vibe of it band? Would be more of like the Blondie. Mm-hmm. Blondie. Mm-hmm. That, those, that sticks out to okay. me, particularly in Holland. Blondie was a big okay. one. Okay. Okay. Um, and and groups like that, and then a little further on, yeah, the yeah. Cure. The Cure. Mm-hmm. I was wonder. I always wonder why oh, these these white kids can have these cool white haircuts, yeah. and I'm I can't. My stuff's curly. Until hip hop came around, and I was like, wait a minute, I can, I can grow a flat top. You know, you I can. can you can. You can. So you're listening. You're getting exposed to all this music, which is great, because mm-hmm. um, that sets the the background and the playground for you. Mm-hmm. So you say you've been in different countries. How did you get to the states then? How did you get mm-hmm. to the U.S. and so? Um, the last place we lived internationally was Brazil. Mm. We lived in Rio. Not a bad place Not to live. Not bad to be in high school in Brazil. Oh, was my gosh. Yeah, yeah. You've so, seen it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, after Brazil, my father got transferred to a small town in the south of France. Okay. In Po, mm-hmm. which is in the, near the Pyrenees Mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And there wasn't an international school there. Wow. So they had to make a decision do I go to a European school and then that changes my trajectory for college in the States? Mm-hmm. Or do we send him to live with the aunt in Canada, which they did. Okay. And I lived with her for a year and then it didn't really work out. And so my mom decided to move back from France to the States and then we moved to D.C., okay. Maryland area, which okay. a lot of our family was. Okay. You know, okay. That, I did my last year of high school in D.C. at a military school. Okay. Any? Did you have any problems adjusting since you had been like a world traveler? Was it hard no, for you I, to adjust? I think that's what made it easy to adjust is, mm. you know, we moved to seven dif- different countries oh, wow. every couple of years. So wow. adjusting was the easy part. The mm-hmm. hard part was when you leave friends behind. Mm-hmm. As far as getting to places, and yeah, you have your moments when you're not the cool kid or don't know where you fit in, but right. you know how to navigate. You know it takes time. Right. Yeah. So what's the vibe in Baltimore when you get there? Now you're like a senior in high school. So I was in D.C. I'm sorry, in D.C. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. Um, my whole, like, through, like, middle school to high school, I yeah. wanted to go to military school. Mm. Let's see these military comedy show movies with, like, you know, uh, Up the Academy yeah. and, you know, uh, Taps. <laughs> and it had this thing just like the discipline. Yeah. And luckily, a, a good friend of mine who... Lived with us in Guatemala, had moved to D.C., and he went to a school called St. John's, okay. St. John's College High School. Right, right. And I was lucky that they only accepted seniors that were out of state. And that was the only reason why I was able to wow. go, which was great. Wow. So I got my wish to go to military school yeah. only for a year, but yeah. it was an impactful year for okay. me. Okay, okay. Yeah. Did you learn anything in the school? I, I mean, learned how to march. I learned how to, <laughs> to shine my shoes and, you know, get every, make, you know, pass inspections. Yeah. Um, 
I, I made it a, a goal to, to graduate as an officer, and so I worked really hard the first semester, commendations and stuff, and I, I made officer the second semester of Good high school, you. which is which is almost impossible yeah. to do. And then so I was able to graduate with my, you know, yeah. stripes or whatever. What a quiet story yeah. you are. You're something else. <laughs> so you graduate from high school, so then what's next? We go to college? Where are we going? Yeah, I got accepted to go to Gettysburg College, mm-hmm. which is in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and um, I started playing soccer there, and found music there, mm-hmm. stopped playing soccer, and then kind of focused on DJing. Mm-hmm. I, I studied Spanish um, as a major along with international business. Wow. And then a minor in Portuguese. Wow. So hip-hop pulled you in? It pulled me in because of the, my roommates at the time. They were DJing. And, uh-huh. and I kind of was like, well, hey, this is kind of a cool way to meet people uh-huh. and think I'm cool. Yeah. And I kind of just immediately just, immediately just gravitated towards Really? Them. Almost stopped studying and was just DJing for really? just like practicing and learning. Yeah, and and parents <laughs> loved the not studying part, didn't they? They hated it. Of well, course. they didn't know a lot of it. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know a lot about you, that. But I was I was serious about it. You were. Well, you seem like it. just based on it, now you're a young adult here, very young, mm-hmm. maybe eighteen, nineteen years old. But your life had exposed you to be like a disciplinary, like you follow structure, mm-hmm. routine. So that's not the thing. Yeah. It's like you're probably like whenever I make up my mind, I'm all in. I'm ten toes that's down, and I'm in, and I'm going mm-hmm. for it. It's just that that's not what mom and dad had envisioned for their son. No, they didn't. All they asked me was to give my best, do okay. my best, okay. and don't waste their time or their money. All right, now. That was, that's kind of like really basic rules, mm-hmm. but like from a young age, because of the Caribbean discipline, you know it's just like an un, unspoken code. You just don't cross certain Come lines. Come on, man. <laughs> you don't cross certain lines, so there's things I wouldn't imagine doing yeah. or coming home and having to report something to my mm-hmm. mom. So mm-hmm. it kept me on the right, right path. I wasn't on a wrong path at all, and then I just enjoyed discipline. You know, I enjoyed... Being sharp, I enjoy keeping my word. I enjoy, yeah. you know, man not, of not, integrity, yeah, not man of exactly. integrity and, and character. And from a young age, knowing yeah. not uh, what I wanted to be, but I knew who I wanted to be mm. from a very young age. And that's why we feel the vibe that we feel mm. from you today mm. because of the early. Mm-hmm. The early exposure yeah. in character building, man. No, God bless. Sure. That's awesome for because sure. some people lack that, but mm-hmm. you always have that from I what feel I feel like, yeah. You're good. Yeah. Solid, solid Thank cat. <laughs> solid, solid gentleman. So you, you got these roommates and they're DJing. What are they playing? What kind of music are they spinning? I mean, we're playing, um, house. I mean, back then you'd play house, hip hop, yeah. reggae, uh, R&B, anything that mixed really, yeah. you know, go, go, cause it was the DC. Yeah. Area. Um, the, the, the records that stand out to me were, would be like, uh, Rakim, let the rhythm hit him mm, and, nice uh, BVD, do me. And nice. I would, I would take those songs and I'd mix them together, acapella, instrumental, instrumental, acapella for hours to get it right. Wow. And then really just practicing a lot. And then I really, in a short time, surpassed their abilities. Of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not su- I'm not surprised. I surpassed their abilities. And yeah. Then, you know, they went on to do other things in college. And yes. But I really just was like enthralled by it. But also it's because to, for them being in music and around uh, instruments and turntables and rap, that was a part of the life. I, I had to wait for my cousin to send me stuff when we lived mm. in places. So it was almost like the lack of it made me want it more. Wow. 
So we would get music months after it came out. Wow. And I would only get information from my cousin. Listen, listen to this Dougie Fresh. Right, 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 right. I didn't have it firsthand. Yeah. You know? And where was cousin? Was he, he in was New in York? Maryland. He was in, he was in Maryland. He was in New York, but he was in, between New York and Maryland. Okay, exactly. so he had access to it more so than you did. Oh, yeah, the recording. Uh, yeah. You know, Red Alert show. Of and, course. And Mr. Magic and all, all that. that. I would get those, Ooh. and I'd hold on to this cassette for a year. It was like gold. It yeah, was like gold. Um, Oh, for sure, for man, sure. for sure. So, so your DJ, you remember your first DJing gig? Do you remember that? Mm, it would it would have to be at the club on campus. It was a non-alcoholic club, uh-huh. alcoholic club on campus called mm. the Dive. It was under the Olympic swimming pool. They made a club there. It wow. would have to be in there. I don't remember the the, the exact gig. Okay, but it would have to be that place. It was there. And I know whatever mixes I did, I practiced. For months to get this routine yeah. song that I was going to put together. And what was the vibe like, the energy of the people that came? Uh, you remember? Yeah, it was, it's college kids. so it's They weren't mix. really into you. There was a little bit. They were like, drinking. let's stop here for a little Still bit. Drinking. Let's stop here for a little bit. We're going to go to frat houses after. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So it was but like I kind of stayed thing. in that lane where I was like, I'm uh-huh. going to make this work for me. I, f- I feel something with this music. Yeah. And I'm all in now because I've already spent $1,000 on turntables, you know, with credit cards and Records you're buying, every record you're not you're not borrowing records. You're not you have to buy doubles because you want to do tricks. Word so up, I'm yeah. All my money on, and you're buying five genres, so you're broke pretty much. You're you know? broke. You're broke, and a thousand back then was a lot of a money. Lot. It was a lot. Was a lot. That's like almost ten thousand no, dollars back sure. then. That's for a sure. lot of bread mm-hmm. that you're spending mm-hmm. on equipment mm-hmm. and music, absolutely, and needles yep. and everything, everything else. And it's an ongoing. It's an ongoing. Wow. It's like sinkhole, really, you know, until you get it right and you start doing gigs and figuring out how to, like, market yourself. So did did we envision ourselves getting to New York? Like, how did we get to the Mecca or to the metropolis of all these people that are doing and living hip-hop? Did that happen? It didn't really happen like that, to be honest Ooh. with you. You know, I graduated at, from, at 93. Yes. And I was still doing mobile gigs and had a, a DJ van and going around to Pennsylvania and all these places doing gigs. But in the midst of that, I applied for the JET program, which was the Japan Exchange Teaching Program. So I knew if I I got in, I was leaving Mm. for at least a year, up to three years on that program. So one idea was to move to New York and try to try try to try things there. Mm -hmm. But then I also had this passion for like Japan and their culture. Yeah. And what what would be the least expensive way for me to get there? Mm. And the program was it because they flew you there? The housing was subsidized, right? And you taught, but your weekends were yours, your nights were yours. So I, I left a dream in Maryland mm. to pursue another dream, a shaky dream, but yeah. to pursue a dream in Japan. And yeah. that's you know that that was that route. Okay, you know, and I think I feel like I, I like to think that God blessed me with, like, um, you know, showing that I made the right decision by mm. coming back and circumventing all that stuff. To then, then come and meet one of the members of the, one of the most legendary groups. So it made me feel like I went to Japan for three years. Yeah. Did all that, came and moved to Atlanta, and yeah. then here. Wow. So it, it wasn't in vain, you know? It wasn't in and vain. And my sword as a DJ, Ooh, too. Ooh, yeah. because Japan has an appreciation for our culture anyway. Yes. Musically. Very much so. I mean, we have more... 
preview into it now because of social media, right? Mm-hmm. I could go on IG mm-hmm. and I could see B-boys mm-hmm. breaking and they don't look nothing like yep. me, mm-hmm. but they are dressed like the culture I was, I was raised up in. 100%. They got it down. Yes. And so now we can see that they really have immersed. So imagining you going mm-hmm. then, it was, it was, they were probably like, you were gold. Like, it was gold because I was, I had the dress, I had the look, oh, yeah. I had the look of a, of a, a Mariah Carey dancer. Got which you. Which is the Helly Hansen jacket, you know, Nikes, long dreads. <laughs> Couldn't yeah. dance that much, but I looked like yeah. Link and Henry, all these guys. Mm-hmm. So, and then I DJ too. Yeah. But then on Monday, you'd see me in like a, you know, dress pants, shirt, going to school on my bike, right. teaching kids. Teaching. You know? So it was a great balance between my hip hop life right. and then my my teaching in Japan life. You know, they never, they barely bled over yeah. being. Students never saw me DJing, and they never you know, they yeah. never partied with their they teacher. They never partied with my <laughs> teacher. Um, they never saw that. They never saw that. So yeah, that experience just opened me up to like actually, you know, not just knowing culture, but how do you make people that don't speak the language move to this music? Excellent point. Excellent. And that's why point. I learned to like read the crowd. Yes. And if there's military guys in the crowd and Japanese people, how do you balance? Excellent. Yeah. I had three years of like intensive training on that. Mm, Because music is the language, you know, Mm -hmm. for real. Mm -hmm. So while you're there in Japan, what led you to come to Atlanta? Um, My mom uh, went through a divorce with my father. So she was in Maryland Mm. and then she was debating leaving Maryland because of the memories and stuff. Right. And at that point, Atlanta was um, bubbling because the Olympics were coming. Yeah, 96. Yeah. yeah, So this was 95 she moved to Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. So it was only natural for me once I moved from Japan to go back to where my mom was to at least have a base, Mm -hmm. figure things Mm -hmm. out, and then Mm -hmm. move from there. Wow. So now you hear mom's here, Mm -hmm. right? Um, starting a new chapter in her life. The Olympics, Olympics are here. Mm-hmm. There's a huge spotlight on Atlanta now at this point. Like mm-hmm. we've always heard about Atlanta right. from the Martin Luther King perspective, but now mm-hmm. you could feel a change. Like the infrastructure is changing. Sure. They're widening roads. Mm-hmm. It's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. And when people see the Olympics, you know, despite what happened at Centennial Park, but the whole, they were like, this is a nice place. Mm-hmm. To be, and when pe- they saw that there was a lot of black and brown people here, they were like, "Wait a minute! Like, yeah. I need to get down here." Exactly. So now things are changing. So now you're here with mom, and then how do you how do you meet this legendary person that you speak of? Well, the funny thing is, um, in '94, mm-hmm. spring '94, mm-hmm. no, spring '94, before I left to Japan, Gettysburg called me back to interview tribe at Gettysburg for a spring concert they were there for. Really? And so I had a gig that day at Hood College, which was 30 minutes away. I couldn't go to the show, but I said I could, I could come back and do the interview. interview. That's why I first met them. Like, sat down with them, Fife's here, Q-Tip's here. Yeah. When I look at the video I have of it, there's their security and their road managers oh. that are now my friends that yeah. I didn't even know that would be, like, this close to yeah. them. Yeah. And so interviewed them there. Amazing. Um, yeah, and then we... Because I was Canadian, I had to leave to go to Japan from Canada. Yes. So it was the same weekend of Caravana. Mm, which is hot. <laughs> my cousin's like, I'm picking you up. We're going to a show. I said, what show is it? Oh, it's a Tribe Called Quest and Craig Mack. So that my last show leaving the <laughs> you know the the West yes. was, was, them. was Tribe. Yes. Yeah, so oh. It's bittersweet because I'm yeah. my flight's 7 in the morning and I'm yeah. like, I'm, it's 11 at night. I'm watching them perform. Yeah. Not knowing that four years later, I'd meet my best friend. You have no idea. 
bugged out. Isn't God amazing? amazing? Like this, um, this universe is something else, man. Yeah, it, it still shocks me when I oh think about it. Oh my God. And with all the people, mm-hmm. you, right? Because they funnel through some people, you exactly. know what I mean? They queens, yeah, exactly. you know what I mean? Exactly. They, that's five boroughs. Yeah. Like, so to exactly. go to Gettysburg, you know, this is a thing. Like, and that's, it, it goes back to, I think like, when I look back at how I was born in a very unique situation, yes. I've been afforded very unique situations yeah, of my, that path of life. Yeah, it's I'm, not conventional by any means. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna hug you again when you get out of here. Get that love. <laughs> right. Get that. Get that energy. Sure. So you guys, you you go to the show. You you got you did the interview, which was nice, right? It was a great interview. The interview was was nice. Mm-hmm. That was my first kind of interview with okay. something on that level. All right. But just um, I think the bigger picture was he's this close to me. Yeah. Not knowing that I would be my best friend. Right crazy when i look when i look at the video it's like this is crazy. wow it's you nuts you never know who you're gonna cross back right with, you know? so now we did the japan we come back mom's in atlanta you're here mm-hmm. you reach out to fight no i was working i did a i was what was i doing i was doing interpreting for a railroad company wow i was guys doing spanish and, and portuguese of course you were for them in mexico which is crazy <laughs> and then my friend kafani who had a studio called um meta music it was called uh-huh. Um, and they were working on a on a, a track with Fife yes. and a group called Rock City. Hmm. And he, th- my friend called and said, "Hey, Fife's in the studio. Why don't you do some scratches? Yes. Um, why don't you come come through?" And I was like, "This might this might be my opportunity." Yeah. I knew he was. They were solo. I knew he had a DJ. He had just kind of fired. Mm. So I went in there like with my business card, mm. focused on like impressing him you know what mm-hmm. I mean did the scratches but what ultimately ended up c- kind of cementing our bond was the Trinidadian culture the accent yeah. and talking about the food and what yeah. mom would say what grandma would say and <laughs> getting licks and, you know <laughs> all the things we love and hate yeah you know? man that and that's what kind and of like it. probably stuck in his head yeah and then six months later he had a show at University of Maryland College Park and I got a call from the guys from Meta, and they're like, "Hey, Fife wants you to DJ Isn't that a show great? for him," mm. and that's how it kind of, it kind of started. Mm. It's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy yeah. indeed. Mm-hmm. Pretty crazy indeed. So, was it, it was it exciting just being? First of all, like, this is like your this is like your first huge. Oh yeah. Like DJ DJing experience to begin with, mm-hmm. and then it's with Fife. Yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, I remember. The first day going to his house, got his address. We talked on the phone. Right. Got his address, took my turntables, mixer. Mm-hmm. And he had the, the show vinyl for the show. But the nerves of walking up to the house and ringing the doorbell. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, when you look at being a fan and you hear their music, you read about them in the source. Yeah. And now you're at his doorstep. Yeah. And you hear the raspy voice. Yeah. Like, What's up, man? It's yeah. Like, wow, this is crazy. So it's hard to keep it together. Yeah. You know? <laughs> It was exciting, and it was like this is crazy, and yeah, and then we just kind of did the show, and then we just kind of clicked from there. Yeah, we just literally clicked from there, and then he would hang out at my house, and we'd make beats together, and mm. we just became friends. Mm, 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 yeah. mm, mm. How long did you have an opportunity to work with him? How I many worked years? With him from 1998 until 2016. Wow! So it's 18 years, which is technically, when I think about it, wow. longer than he was with the group. That's what I'm thinking. Is, yeah, just trippy. trippy. Wow, that's a long time. It is. It is. It that's is. a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I know you miss him. Uh, we all do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's a very interesting year for hip hop, mm-hmm. right? Because it's cel- it's celebrating its 50th year. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and for the listeners that don't know, I'm from Bronze River, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the whole Africa Bambata, Zulu Nation, that whole thing, sure. you know? So I grew up with Bam, um, DJing in the back of the center, running extension cords mm-hmm. from his apartment for electricity, you know, and, and guys bringing out lamps, their mother's lamps from the living room to provide light at night. Like I, I seen it, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like I saw, you know, people scratching, finding mm-hmm. beats and songs that we listen to and people lean in, like listen to WABC radio, mm-hmm. like Dick Clark and Mm-hmm. AM transistors before there was FM, mm-hmm. and now this it, this this whole culture is emerging. So we're like, yes, mm-hmm. for hip hop, you know, like because my mother could not stand it. <laughs> she said it was a bunch of noise. She said it was a bunch of what is that noise, Michelle? Mm-hmm. Turn off that noise. Mm-hmm. It's nothing but noise. How can you understand what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was just noise, mm-hmm. but it was our thing. Sure. And as you get older, when you're not a child and you can have conversations with your parents. Mm-hmm. I said to her, Mom, it's the same thing like when you listen to doo-wop, right? Mm-hmm. It was something that your mother didn't understand, right. right? But it was something that made you snap your feet and mm-hmm. wore your little skirts and saddle soap shoes. Sure. And, you know, and you saw the birth of Motown and R&B, mm-hmm. and that was your thing. Mm-hmm. I said, that was hip-hop for us, mm-hmm. right? The fact that it could take all of these different genres of music that we heard and it, it broke it into samples and beats and we just was kids and we had a great time. Mm-hmm. And then it was a style. It was a fashion yeah. that went with it too and an art. So we're wearing graffiti type mm-hmm. sweatshirts and straight leg lead jeans. And you know, we put the safety pins on the side to make them real straight. And shell toes came with run DMC, but I grew up in pro cats. It's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. So now it's 50 years and it's like, we want everybody to be able to come to the table. And unfortunately, a couple of weeks ago, we 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 lost another mm-hmm. iconic person. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Plug two from De La Soul. Right. Big things happening in New York to just celebrate. I mean, I just saw at Webster Hall on Friday night, mm-hmm. like everybody came out, even those that are actors like Latifah coming yeah. in. You know what I mean? So this is a thing. Mm-hmm. You are a part of a thing. How does that make you feel? Rasta? That's a great question. I think for me, um, I'm definitely, first of all, honored. Yeah. I'm definitely very blessed, first of all, to, to meet somebody like Fife, yes. who was from a group like Tribe. Yeah. But more importantly, to meet a person that was so humble. Yeah. And one of the, the sweetest, nicest people I've met in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't meet too many of those, Mm-mm. you know. Mm-mm. And then when you do meet him, they may not stay around, you know. So I'm, I'm honored that I got to spend the time I did with him. Yeah. Every minute, every minute we spent together, I feel like we lived to the fullest. Yeah. And... Just, just by, just adjacent to him being what he is to the culture, I feel a part of it. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just glad I was help, able to help him, you know, with his journey yeah. and moving along. But totally humbled mm-hmm, by mm-hmm. the respect that I, I get from other artists, yeah, yeah, um, other people that know him and know how we care for each other, yeah, yeah. Um, it's again, it's not your conventional way of getting into the circle, no, at all, you know, but. I can I can make those calls to people mm-hmm. and you know ask questions and get answers that I need from people that are, are notables in mm-hmm. the industry, mm-hmm. people that I grew up admiring, yeah, people that are part of the paint that was that went on the canvas of my my mixes, right. you know, and, right. and the music and right. the story I try to tell. So 
it still blows my mind. Yeah, but you're not a slouch. You know, you did the work. You know <laughs> what right. I mean? Pretty so sure. it makes sense mm-hmm. that you guys were together because yeah. he was a dope lyricist, mm-hmm. and so it just made sense yeah. mm-hmm. that you guys were together. Mm-hmm. What were you just a DJ for him, or did you man? Were you his manager as well over yeah. time? So I started as his DJ, mm-hmm. and then I went on. He was kind of shuffling through different managers okay. and solos because he was also trying to figure out what it meant for him to be a soloist right. because he'd been in a group so long. Right, it's right. hard to break, break it out is. of that. It is. You know, so he had a few managers before me, and then I started learning by seeing what was going on, what was lacking, and how to, like, move him and motivate him as an artist. And then once the group started talking again, I then became co-manager of Tribe. Yeah, and nice. And along the bat, I was also producing for him. Mm-hmm. So we had many, many hats were mm-hmm. worn, and sometimes it was hard to turn off. Yeah. The hats. Yeah. Sure. Did you like DJing more so than producing, or it's re- kind of even, Steven? I like DJing more. I, you I think do. I'm a better DJ than I'm producer. Okay. I have. It's like a second nature thing to mm-hmm. me. Timing and time, and watching the artist on stage and understanding body language, and not having to have a verbal communication to understand what the cues are. Yeah. Is an art that I develop working with Fife and seeing his back. On stage for all the time, years. yeah, for I years. Yeah. <laughs> when he's breathing heavy, I know to do a little more ad libs and those. Kind oh, of is that right? And you know, he he had a love for well, you of course you mm-hmm. knew, but he loves sports, so I'm sure he brought a lot of that. You know, oh, for <laughs> sure. signals, signals, signals. And- <laughs> oh, there there were certain times where. We would do events and yeah. he, he might miss a cue yeah. as the rapper guy. Yeah. He'd throw me under the bus. It's so it's funny. Like, what are you doing, Roots? But it was him. It was him. But, you know, that was just our, our thing. It's okay. So, yeah, I wouldn't trade that for anything, you know? Where did the term We Made It come from? So he he has a song called Nutshell. Uh-huh. And this was around the time he wrote the, the verses while they were recording the Tribe album. And in one of the the verses of the song... He sang his lines, then he says, Roots, we made it. You know? mm. And I had heard my my name on record before, but that's that stuck out to me. Um, because I feel like it had so many different meanings. Yes. And I'm still figuring out what those meanings yes. are. Um, I think at the time he was more so saying, you know, his music's together. We have the label. We're putting out the album. Yeah, we made it. We made it. No matter what people think about the album yeah, or yeah. the work, we're here. We're here. Yeah. That's love. And be present, you know? That's love. Yeah, That's sure. that. That is love. That's mm-hmm. love. I, you know, it's awesome. Do you feel that we've made it? I feel like we've made it till now. Mm. When you don't rest on your laurels, yeah. you don't stop. I always believe, like, take a moment to enjoy what what's in front of you, but understand that you got to keep moving and pushing. Mm. Sometimes people just rest on their laurels. And yeah, yeah. It's that. It's that. I was the the star quarterback in high school. Syndrome. That kind of thing, yeah. You don't want to get caught in that. You know, and it's hard, too. It's hard. It's mm-hmm. hard to really balance that out because uh, age happens, mm-hmm. life happens, yeah. priorities change. Sure. And mm-hmm. so it's kind of hard to really be effective. That's mm-hmm. the other thing, too. Sure. Mm-hmm. And really add value in mm-hmm. whatever you're doing. Yes. Right? I think people lose their way or it's Purpose. just not the same yeah. thing. Like mm-hmm. what you were giving people... Five, ten years ago, you may not be able to serve it to them I, today. A hundred percent. And I think that's the important part is is recognizing as humans that we are flawed. Yeah. And we can't deliver the same performance all the time. Right. Like, I don't, I don't think my energy to rock MJQ like I did ten years ago yeah. is different. It's different now because I'm a different person Yes, now. you are. My priorities have shifted. Yes. But 
no one can take away the accomplishments of, of, of any of us. You know, anything yeah. we've done, they can't take it away. But what I don't want to do is just be remembered for that. I want to continuously be remembered for, you know, uplifting the culture, yeah. moving the culture forward, moving DJing forward, motivating people. Yeah. Those things I think that are now more important to me than that was a dope DJ. Yeah, thing, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, and you have brought, you know, this underground vibe mm-hmm. uh, of hip hop mm-hmm. that us, some of us from back in the day up the way miss. Like it's yeah. a, it's a Timberland boot wearing extravaganza no, no, when we come sure. through. It's <laughs> JQ. You yeah. It's like we feel that. a way when we come in there with you. <laughs> because it's funny you said, because when we were formulating the night, we were trying to mimic what we thought a night in New York mm-hmm. looked like. It feels like it. But then when you talk to people who, the Mr. Waltz and all these, all these legends in yeah. underground hip hop that came to our events and said, we wish we had this in New York. Yeah. Don't have, that doesn't exist in New York. Not anymore. It does not anymore, right? No. But I think like this is our, our version of it. And, yeah. and I think people who, yeah. who love that stuff yeah. recognize they that. Rec- mm-hmm. I've been in restaurants and I've been, I was going to pay the check and someone said, the waiter was like, no, someone paid it for you. Wow. And the female came over and she's like, I just want you to know that it's because of you that I decided to stay. stay. I was going to leave. Come and on. I came out to your night one yes. night. Yes. And you just changed my mind. Oh, my gosh. So that's the most flattering thing you could ever it, 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 anybody, it is. You know? It is a beautiful space in the sense that if you're homesick mm-hmm. or if you feel that the culture doesn't exist mm-hmm. or the genre has changed so much so that you don't even want to be a part of it, mm-hmm. it gives you a sense of home. Yes. And it takes you back to certain places and times in your mind mm-hmm. growing up as a kid or even as a young adult or wherever that made you feel good exactly. and made you feel proud to be a part of this thing called hip hop whether it was the Kango hats or the gazelles mm-hmm. or the timbos or whatever but it, you just and it was re, it's relatable sure. and to have the whole room singing in mm-hmm. one accord is is man like we cannot Crazy. take that from you so thank you <laughs> thank You're you sir welcome. thank you so much for that because that helped welcome. us many a times yeah. especially when we can't get home or whatever's going on mm-hmm. and you know life changes you you try to grow up you try to be this adult but there's pieces of your childhood or your young being a young adult that you never want to give up right you're right you never really want to give up. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we connect with people that don't understand that and we table it. Yep. I'm talking to folks now. Mm-hmm. We put it on the shelf. We put it in the closet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can't do that. That's a part of who you are. Exactly. So I strongly recommend people to get with people that are going to accept you for who you are because mm-hmm. you come with – First of all, black people are not monolithic. Right. First of all, so we're going to come with different shades mm-hmm. or expressions. Deal with yeah, it. Exactly. Be okay exactly. with it. Exactly. Hip hop is not a bad thing. Exactly. It's not a bad thing. Exactly. So you've done some legendary work in that space. And so mm-hmm. MJQ's is closing, mm-hmm. um, the location where it is now, very historical. It had that grungy underground New York subway tunnel feel. We loved it. And so it's going to a different place. Mm-hmm. And so only time will tell, you sure. know, how they do the aesthetics mm-hmm. once it opens, you know, what kind of vibe you'll be able to create there. Exactly. And then, you know, you'll go from there. But we'll exactly. follow you. We're gonna, we're gonna, we'll go where you go. Does it matter? Because, you know, maybe at the end of the day, it's really the sound, mm-hmm. right? And the people and the experience that, yeah. mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. you know, if you're hosting it, we know it's going to yeah. be what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So we'll be okay. We'll be in good hands. 100%. So now you used to teach, right, um, in Japan. Mm-hmm. 
Are we teaching now? I'm actually on a sabbatical now. Really? To explore the things, but up yeah. until a semester ago, I was teaching at Emory in the School of Music, teaching hip-hop composition. <laughs> they want me to come back badly, but the time-wise, it's not working out okay. with what I'm trying to do now. Okay. But I think I'll always have like an open door there. Of course you will. And how long did you teach there? Um, three years. And did they just come to you? They Roots? did. They did. They did. I. How <laughs> did they, they just found you? Just looked you up, like you know, like, what? Did. What the hell? I mean, what? I got recommended. <laughs> I got recommended to do a speaking engagement. Yes. Um, like a, a master class in in music production on a song I did for Fife, actually. Called wow. Dilla. Yes. And then after it was done, the professors that were there they felt that it was too short. And they said, it'd be nice. I wish we had more time to do this. Would you consider yes. if we bring it up to our however that works doing it? Would you be mm -hmm. up to it? And mm -hmm. I felt like it was a time in my life I wanted to give back. I understood the name Emery. Yes. And I also understood what was lacking in Emory. And I mm -hmm. felt like I could bring mm -hmm. bring mm -hmm. some type of you know diversity and mm -hmm. bridge the gap between Emory, which is almost like a little city in itself. Yes, it is. In Atlanta. And it, it's hard for them to... to Reach out. They, don't, yeah. they haven't figured that out. Yeah, yet. yeah, they yeah. haven't. Good school. I mean, great yeah. mm -hmm. school academically, mm -hmm. but it does feel like it's they're in their mm -hmm. own pocket. Yes. You know, and so they're to trying. Speak. They're just yeah. still trying to figure it out. Yeah, there's a hip hop archive there now. Mm -hmm. The class that I did. And mm -hmm. They want. I mean, they want the class back. Every time they they list it. When I did it, there was always a waiting list. I was going to say the enrollment went like they didn't that. Tell me that because they obviously don't want to. Yeah, because they have to, to pay. Gassed. They have to, right, pay, exactly. they have to pay you for that. You know what I'm saying? Other people tell me it's like there's like a 20 person waiting list. A uh, 20 person. How many students were in the class typically? Uh, 12 to 13. Is that mm -hmm. right? Anything, anything bigger for me, I feel would be a disservice to them. Mm -hmm. So I, I try to keep keep it small and manageable. And um, but yeah, it was it was cool because that curriculum I can take and apply other places, which is I think what. The, the, the value and the goal. Yeah, is yeah. So you're teaching them how to DJ? No, I was teaching them how to produce music. Just producing music. Produce music. There's history of DJing, yeah. history of music, but it was mainly using a, 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 a dog called Serato Studio to create musical mm, compositions. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Do you know if any of your students got uh, got work after taking your class in that space? Yeah, a couple of a couple students. Look at that. Um, are engineering at studios, Beautiful. are indie artists, mm -hmm. uh, pursuing music on a full-time basis. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I try to like kind of share in my classes, I want to give them the things that I didn't have yeah. trying to figure it out. I remember writing handwritten letters to labels trying to get records, promo records, because yeah. it was getting expensive. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't have the relationships to call up Def Jam and be like, hey, can you put me on the promo list? Even though you probably could do that. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. But in the class, I try to share as much as I can with them so they have somewhat of a, a leg up or a little bit of a hand. They still have yeah. to do the work, but yeah. there's, a, there's an infrastructure and a resource center for them to kind of like ask questions mm -hmm. and figure things out. I'm glad you mentioned Def Jam because the record industry is totally different than mm -hmm. it was 18 years ago, right? It was like the place to be. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, deals was happening, videos mm -hmm. was popping. Now it is such a different medium. Mm -hmm. It is. Do you still have a you have a connection or a vibe or a pulse in that space or not really? It's not changed, really. right? Honestly, I never, I can't ever really say that I had like a pulse okay. in it. Just okay. honestly, all right. Um, because I always believe in being independent, understood. Kind of doing things yourself, yeah, or myself, or amongst ourselves, right? Um, it's definitely changed. I think it's 
it's still fighting the grave, mm. you know. But I think mm. with social it's media, with social media, it's like scratching and crawling. No, I'm not ready to go. But I think, <laughs> I think like you know, with the right resources <sighs> and all the apps that are out, and you know, building your own team, you can do things yourself. Yeah, and then. And then Skip the label part, maybe get a distribution deal or marketing, and then if you meet them where you are, they might be able to partner with you and yeah. make your project successful. But it's definitely a different. It's so different. It's so different. It's, it's, so, very it's different. so, and even, even, you know, for me, because I'm watching and I'm chasing people that podcast or do talk shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. And even if they are on a syndicated show that right. has the ratings, they still have a podcast. Mm-hmm. They still want to do something independent. Mm-hmm of what their full-time job is so that they can be free to express themselves sure. and really have the control of mm-hmm. the content and all that kind of stuff. I'm just like, wow, it's yeah. just so, so different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, it, and it seems competitive, mm-hmm. but then someone will say, there's room for everyone. Right. That's what they'll say. Right. What are some of the next projects you're working on? What do you got going on? So I'm working with a young, talented artist named Zay Because, who's right there. So I've known him since he was 19, I think it is. And so he's just... And he's good looking too. I can't see, but he's good looking. He's talented. He's level-headed. He's smart. He's ambitious. He's everything that I wanted for myself. You know what I mean? Coming up and everything I I hope to to push to the front for people to see. So I I believe in supporting those type of people. So it's a small group of us that work together Mm -hmm. and we have our own... um, Loose conglomerate, I'd say, mm-hmm. of artists, producers, mm-hmm. and we, we feel like we can do everything ourselves. Yeah. You know? And so helping him and other people in our collective kind of navigate growing up, yeah. or growing up, yeah. growing up in the industry, right. and doing things right and being honorable, all the things that I mm-hmm. learned and I believe in, to kind of like not just take from the culture, but also be able to give back at some point. Yeah. You know, it's it's important mm-hmm. because we can't take it with us. Mm-hmm. And we are, even though we look amazing, mm-hmm. we are getting older. 100%. And so we have to pass it on for those that are interested, you Absolutely. know, that really want to understand what we learn. Mm-hmm. And they, it's an exchange because they teach us too, right? Because it, it's just a different world. It's a digital world. Right. It is so online mm-hmm. and it's just totally different. And so they bring something to the space that we weren't even possibly thinking of. Right. So it would be, it's awesome. I love to hear that because all Oftentimes, to your earlier point, we get in our own head, yeah. and you know, and that high school quarterback, and we're, we cross our arms, and I don't want to play fair, yep. and don't want to extend or pay it forward, mm-hmm. so that a piece of what you've done can still carry on, Absolutely. and it still promotes the genre. Mm-hmm. The music continues because, again, yeah. we don't want to take it with us. Yeah. And one thing I try to always ask my close friends, my older friends. Yeah. Uh, are you okay being the king or the kingmaker? You know, Ooh, sometimes question. you know we we good question. we go hard on like DJing, but as as you get older, it's a, it's a young man's game. Yeah, as rap Come and on. things like that. So yeah. at some point, you have to pass the baton. And I think years ago, I, I visualized my exit plan, knowing that I wouldn't be good the hot you. DJ in Atlanta the whole time. It's gonna have to transition to somebody else. Yeah, um, technology shows that that's happening. Yeah. Anybody can DJ. You know what I mean? Um, and also, like, you know, aware that there's an expiration date, you know? But that doesn't mean you, can, you can't 
be involved, but also be evolved. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I'm very, very involved, but I've evolved a lot. I'm a different person than I was 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you going to make it to New York when they open up the Universal Hip Hop Museum? What say you? I think I will make it. <laughs> I think I will. But I also think, to a certain extent, New York as a whole is a museum. Come on, sir. You Good know? answer. Good answer. I feel like Good answer. New York in the right circles, you're going to be in a museum. I know. You know? I so know. I'll, I'll definitely go and support it. Yeah. But also going to New York, is there's an energy about it that I can't stay too long. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. But. There's an energy about it that I, 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 I leave with, and it, it invigorates What me. are you good for, like, two days, two, three days? Yeah, it's like uh, any of those cities, L.A., Vegas, New York is two days, and I'm out. Is it? Yeah. So Atlanta really feels home for you? Not even. No, Barcelona or Spain feels like home, too. Woo! But Atlanta is different because my home is here, so yeah. in my home... It's like my own little world. Yes, yes, yes. So it doesn't even feel like Atlanta. Barcelona is Spain. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Barcelona that's the... is Spain, for sure. I would move there in a heartbeat. How many languages do you speak? I speak four languages. Come on, brother. Well, I found out recently it's probably three and a half because <laughs> I was testing on my Japanese casually at a restaurant. I was like, I'm not as good as I thought I was. <laughs> But I speak fluent Portuguese, fluent Spanish. English, Good for course, you. And, and conversational Japanese. I say reluctantly. You are a renaissance man. I'd like to think that. I really would. When I look back at like the definition you of that. You are a renaissance yeah. man. Yeah. With the love of hip hop right? across I night know, chest. Right? It's crazy. <laughs> it's a crazy life. I love it. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> Because oftentimes we don't hear these kind of stories, right? right? Mm-hmm. And again, just honored to have you here today mm-hmm. and not waiting down the road like to get it firsthand. Yeah. This is awesome, man. Yeah. Like you've learned and done a lot of things with this culture. I have, and I feel like I have there's a lot about me, and this this interview helps a lot. Yeah. That a lot of people they know like high level, but very high level, very high level but there's a lot about me that I haven't really shared yeah. or even like leaned on as far as talents and abilities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that, you know, it's you've worked with Fife for 18 years, mm-hmm. right? Is there anybody else besides your current mm-hmm. um, protege here that you'd like to work with that you haven't? To be honest with you, at this stage, no. No. At this stage, okay. I've worked with several people yeah. in different capacities, but yeah. I would say no. no. No, you're good. Yeah, I'm good. You're very good. satisfied. Yeah, I am. Maybe ten years ago I'd answer differently, but uh, I'm good. I'm good. Who would it have been ten years ago? Just to for me, I mean, yeah. who would it? Ghostface Killer. Ah, good answer. Yeah, definitely been one. Yeah, somebody sure. from the Wu. You'd never worked with anybody with the Wu. Not, no. I mean, Redman's an extension of the. Yes, Wu. I was going to say. But we work. Yeah, we work with him a lot. <sighs> yeah, he's definitely one of the. I was going to say. Yeah, adjacent members. He is. And. He's the closest thing to it, so in that in that sense, yes, I have. Yeah, you have, yeah. and he can play two cards because he got the Eric Sherman, Dev Squad, Dev Squad, his yep. squad, that thing, and yep. then he got the Woo. He's That's like cool. fam, yeah, exactly. and then he had fam with Daylight yeah, too. Exactly. He was yeah. that guy. Yeah, yeah, he sure. was that 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 hot Joker. And he's one of like again with Five. He's also one of the nicest people. Really, Reggie Just Noble. The nicest Reggie people. Noble. Yes. <laughs> And the thing with him, the funny thing with, with the Reggie story is I also, in Japan, when rappers would come to shows, yes. Wu-Tang came, Def Squad came, yeah. all these other people, 
as a DJ, I would go to these shows and it would be easy for me to get these voice drops. Yo, this yeah. is Red Man chilling with Dada, Nas, all these people, right. because there was not many black people. Yeah. So Red Man was one of the people that I re- we, we met in Japan in 1996. Wow. And over the years, then he I DJed his album release party in Atlanta for Def Jam in 2001, 2002. And then as we start meeting, we start becoming friends. Mm. And then next thing you know, when I show him pictures from back then, I sent him a picture yesterday, actually. Yeah. And he doesn't remember, but he was in Japan with Eric Sermon. Yeah. And so I've developed these friendships, but then now we're, we work together, mm-hmm. you know, help him with stuff. And it's pretty, that's that's why I answer it. There's no one I want to work with. Yeah. These are my dream yeah. cast members. You've you been know? doing good. You've been doing the work all this time. For sure, for sure. How can people find you? You can find me on, on obviously social media. It's all at DJ Rastaroo. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm out and about, which is rare, but when I am out and about, people say I'm suddenly have an unapproachable look to my face. That's because I'm always busy going somewhere, but I'm always free to talk you, to people. You always that. have that look, but it don't stop me. No, you, it shouldn't, and it shouldn't. You know, you crack the code. So yeah, it don't stop me. You and I connected just through DM talk, mm-hmm. just because I I think I might have tipped my hat and said, mm-hmm. "Great show, thank you so much." Yep. You were kind enough to of respond. Course, yeah. And I, you know, I see you, hi, yeah. I'm the one in the DM, you, yeah. you know, gave me the love. And I was like, that's a decent dude. Of course, I feel like. Very decent guy. Yeah, I, I just couldn't imagine not, I was raised that way. My mom would look at me, my mom would give me licks. <laughs> I didn't treat people with respect, you know what lick, I mean? And lick, lick, yes, yes. And so. I don't forget those lessons, and I believe the people you're meeting on the way up is the people you meet on the way down. So there's that. Yeah. And also, I don't discount anybody. Mm. There's one day that either I'll be a resource for you or you can be a resource yes. for me. It may not be now. It could be in five years, three years. But one day we may be working together. Yeah, maybe. maybe. So I don't discount anybody. Appreciate that. Let me ask you one last question. Mm-hmm. You've done the Friday face-offs. Mm-hmm. Do you have one in particular that was your favorite? A good question. My favorite face-off Fridays would be... There, there, there was one for A3C where A3C had a ours fell on the Friday of no it didn't I switched with another DJ and so ours would fall on the A3C Friday Ooh. deliberately Ooh. and A3C had A3C had an after party for the Friday but we had hyped ours up so much with yeah. our network and stuff yeah. that no one went to theirs we didn't we weren't even A3C an event but we let everybody in from A3C come so we had. I mean, actually, Dayla was there. Um, the beat miners were there. Beat nuts were there. That's I mean, heavy. it was. I mean, insane. Kid Capri. I mean, it was. Who's insane. heavy? It was insane. Yeah. It was insane. And then Ooh. to top it off, at the end of that, Just Blaze comes in with his laptop bag, and he couldn't even help himself because the energy was so so heavy. I mean, Joey Badass was there. Lantern, yes, selector. That's when a a uh, AC three was like, yeah. And Just was like, "Yo, you want? Can I get on?" I was like, "Absolutely, absolutely." And he ended the night from like one two thirty to three, and just lights on and killed it. Were you in MJQs for that one or somewhere that was else? MJQ. And MJQs is too tight yeah. for all of that. It was a lot of people because the stage is like mm-hmm. this when you're heavy. Yeah, when if you type in on YouTube, Just Blaze. Ooh. MJQ, that that the ones come that man. That's my most memorable. That was when I was like, "This is hip hop, right?" It was everybody was in the it. building. That was hip hop. Everybody was That's hip hop. Yeah, it was. It was. It took me days to like Ooh, come down. And, and yeah, 
and absorb what had happened. That was iconic. Mm-hmm. That was legendary. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that what makes it so legendary is spontaneous. Like, mm-hmm. you're just going to be like, I'm throwing the flares yep. up. We're going to be here. Exactly. And then the fact that people chose to be there yeah. and it's, then it just raises it to another height. We, there's no way of surpassing that. That was it. That was, that was it. Of course, Redman performed in 17. That'd be my number two. That was my, I was going to say that. You there for that? Yes. <laughs> I was going to say that. that one. What was insane about that, that one? That was so dope. <laughs> I was going to say that one. It was yes. crazy. And the, the, the craziest oh. part to me is, because I'm a huge Redman fan. Yeah. On Tonight's the Night when they did that, his hype yeah. man, he goes beef after that. He goes, Ross Booth packs the gat. And in my head, I was like, you can bury me now. I'm done. He said that. And that's on video too on YouTube. He said that. That was a good one. That was so good. It's between those two. Yeah, man. I was there for the. I was there for the red man one. Yeah, seventeen. I was our twelve. Yes, yes. It was delicious. Yeah, he he was talking about it days after that. Yeah, that was a good one. It was a good one, and and I think what it is is that I think you roll with a conglomerate of people that love what they do, Mm -hmm. and they're not going to say no. But I think what what turns them on is mm. when they get to be like regular citizens mm-hmm. and then something just comes on them and they want to get on the mic. Absolutely. And that's when you get that legendary, they dropping some lyrics mm-hmm. or something that never, we've not heard it done that mm-hmm. way before. Mm-hmm. And it makes it, that's hip hop. Khaled was the same thing. That's happened with him hip-hop. too. That's he DM, he's like, yo, um, I'm coming through. Yeah. And we don't, I don't know him like that. Yeah. But I said, let me get his instrumentals ready just in case. Just in case. And he was just going to host, but the end, I saw, if you look at the video, you could see when he's like, yeah. and he comes from behind the booth and goes on stage. Yeah. Kills it. For free. Thank you, Talib. For yeah. Because those nice. are moments that made and solidified MJQ's uh, Face Off Fridays. Face city, Off for Fridays sure. for you, for sure. For sure. And you're just a humble guy. We see you in the video, you're just a humble guy. Like, <laughs> hey, what's up, you know? Like, you, you, like, you, like, we have to know you to know that that's your thing. Mm. You know what I mean? I just believe in just being like, nothing's ever going to change who I am as a person. Yeah. You know? Sometimes you, you get people that get money and get fame, but I don't think... It changes them. It just magnifies what was, what was already there. Right. I know who I am, and I'm solid as a person to myself. Yes. So nothing will ever change how I treat him, you, yeah. the producer. Yeah, I I'll appreciate always be that. the same person. I appreciate that. Whatever it and is, it's that, recorded now. So I yeah, can't, yeah, it's locked I in. I got you. Now. I got you. I got you locked <laughs> in. Whatever it is that I can do, my brand, this platform, it's a done deal. Thank you. I'm going to be a fan. Um, I'm going to be the person that pays at the door. You ain't got to put me on the list. I, I appreciate I, I because I support you and I appreciate you. Right, thank you. And what you've done mm-hmm. for the culture, for the genre, for the brand, for Atlanta mm-hmm. and allowing us to feel like wherever we've come from before, we have this place here mm-hmm. and we can resonate in sure. this and, and we feel mm-hmm. comfortable. So thank you. Thank you, thank you for loving uh, Fife, loving the people you've come into contact, the work that you've done. I just wish you nothing but more continued success. And I appreciate you and your platform and thank you for allowing yeah, me to come here absolutely. And I wish you the best of luck in any thank way you. I or my team can help. We're here. Fantastic. This mm-hmm. is just the beginning of a beautiful friendship. I love it. Love I it. Love, it. love it. Yeah, man, that's that, 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 <laughs> that's my time. Listen, Real Chicks Rock, you know you can find me everywhere. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Listen, 
We have partnered and collaborated with some beautiful women. It's called Divine Trilogy. We're going down to Miami the weekend of April 21st to the 23rd. It is art, music, and community. You need to go to Eventbrite, cop your ticket, come on down there. You think the weather is nice in Atlanta? It's even more beautiful in Miami. We would love to see you down there. Listen, one of my favorite heroes was Frankie Crocker on WBLS. He used to say this all the time as he ended his show. He said, may you live to be 100 and I live to be 100 minus a day. So I never know that beautiful people like you have passed away. Until next time, be well, take care, and continue to rock on. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast today. Be sure to like it, leave your comments, and share it with a friend. If you have a product or service you'd like to have promoted during the show, please contact us at info at realchicksrock.com and we'll send you the details. We're reaching the masses and we would love for you to join us on the ride. Until next time, take care and continue to rock on.